Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Mm. And I am outside. Outside, outside, outside. It is Thursday, April 16th. This is uh, a shout out to Kevin, uh, my high school boyfriend and first love. This was our anniversary. Notably, because it was the date of the Sadie Hawkins dance, which is really kind of outmoded these days, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, I invited Kev to the Sadie Hawkins dance because that was when girls could invite boys to dances. Why we felt like we couldn't at other times, I don't know. But notably, Kev was not going to invite me on a date, were you, Kev? So I invited him, and we had a lovely time. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. Jackson's in my office window mewing to come out. Are you going to let me harness you up? We'll have a little spring cat wrangling for you guys. He was making a move towards the door as I was going out, and then he kind of did his... See chameleon run run away thing. Come here. Quit running. Quit it. Jackson. Hey. Come out of there. If you're gonna be a pain, he goes running into David's office under his desk. I had to pull him out. I don't know why he thinks that's part of the game. Now he swiped at my phone. It looks like we're still still good, though. Come on. Oh, right there. Okay, I'm going to lock the screen so he can't do that again. Yeah, well, I promised you spring cat wrangling, and spring cat wrangling you get. Now I'll know to chase him down and harness him up. <clears throat> Before I start recording, huh, Jackson? All right, harness in place. Go back out. Here's his leash. All right, there we go. Sorry about that, you guys. See chameleon lying there in the sun. All things to everyone. Run, run away. Okay. Now I'm back in my sunshine spot. Unmolested by annoying cats. So yeah, it's um just a beautiful still morning. The wind sculpture is not turning at all. It doesn't take much breeze to turn it. And I am still working on this book, although I'm like 19 pages from the end of what I've written so far. I um, have been going back to earlier sections a couple times the last but the last two days, I've ended up going back to earlier sections to tweak a couple things and then moving stuff forward. I think I'm getting all the 
puzzle pieces laid in at this point. I think I know how it's going to go down at least well enough for somebody else to look at. I'm at 105,000 words. Closing in on the finish line. Yesterday, um, yesterday was an intense day. I, um, for no good reason. I think I was just intensely working on the book, but I like forgot to do the dishes and I forgot to run Sparky. And David even said this morning that he would do the dishes. And I said, well, I, I'll get to him sometime today. And he's like, no, no, you're, you're focused. Do <laughs> I can do the dishes. I'm like, okay, all right. I'm going to let that go. You do that. So things are really starting to leaf out here too. My big thing is that I um, now I want to go buy plants, and I guess I can go buy them at like Lowe's. I just, I guess I could buy them at Lowe's and then buy buy a few at Lowe's now and then buy more later from my local shops once they open. Maybe I could see if some of the other greenhouses are doing curbside service, because I I do hate to give my money to the conglomerates, you know, exclusively to the conglomerates. So what else yesterday? I mean, it was, um, I only did, only, I mean, I, I did my three hours of focused work with breaks between, but the day sure seemed to fly by. I ended up talking on the phone with a writer friend who um, they contacted their agent, and I had been bugging them, saying, you know, they'd been out on submission for a long time, and I said, uh, you know, how are things going? And they're like, well, I don't know, my agent said that, uh, They'll let me know when they know anything. I was like, well, okay, you know, you can, you can call your agent, <laughs> email your agent. And they're like, oh, I know. So anyway, the, this person woke up yesterday to an email. They finally um, emailed their agent at the beginning of the week because enough of their friends said, yeah, you should contact your agent. Which I should say, I totally do not hold that against this person because so many writers get in this position and and I really do I really do feel for them um, this is why agents have bad reputations this is why there are some self published people who are like you know agents are the devil and it makes me really mad because there's a lot of wonderful amazing agents out there and these bad ones just really I don't know, make things so much harder for the, for the good ones. So this agent, um, my, my friend finally emailed their agent on Monday after enough people said something about it, it overcame that resistance. Because a lot of writers feel like they shouldn't bug their agent. And some agents really cultivate that attitude. It, it can be a very abusive relationship in some ways, where the agent is like, I am very busy. I am busy and powerful, and you must not bother me, which is just complete and utter bullshit, because you are literally their job. <laughs> literally what they are supposed to be doing as part of their job. So the e agent finally emailed back yesterday and <laughs> said, um, no, that book hasn't been on submission because you told me not to. Which my friend went back through various email chains, and that was also complete and utter bullshit. Why would you tell your agent 
no, don't send this book out on submission. <laughs> no, I would rather have it sit on your desk for a year. Gee, that seems like a great career move. Uh, so my friend was understandably upset. So we ended up talking on the phone for like half an hour. And I, you know, and, and the agent, it didn't take too much um, talking my friend into changing agents because the agent even said, I think quite defensively, I, I haven't seen the actual email, but was saying, well, you know, if you're not happy, maybe you should find another agent. And it's like, you know, if your agent is saying to you, maybe you should find another agent, that's one of those clues that um, it's time to find another agent, you know, which I know is, it's difficult and emotional and it, it's a huge risk. Um, you know, I've I've been there, and it's it's very uncomfortable and difficult to deal with. And so, um, neighbor going by, I totally get it. And at the same time, you know, it's kind of like when your spouse says, or your uh, person you are dating says, you know, maybe we should start seeing other people. You think that this is like a, a negotiable thing? That this is uh, oh. A warning sign like, you know, oh, if only we do see other people or, oh, you know, we could go for counseling and save this relationship, you know, and maybe it happens that way sometimes. But most of the time, maybe we should see other people means I want to break up with you. If you're happy in a relationship, you don't want to go see other people. And, and I'm not talking about opening up the relationship to a, like a... A poly, that's a totally different thing. You guys know what I mean. So it's one of those things that if your agent says to you, maybe you'd be happier with another agent, that is a little bit of, um, oh, like, you know, it's a little bit of gaslighting. It's a little bit of being defensive and manipulative in a way that you really don't need in your life if they don't mean it. You know, because then they're just, you know, like doing the, well, you know, if you're not happy with me, then I'll just leave thing. Maybe you'd be happier with another agent. It's like, well, yeah, maybe I would. Because it's supposed to be a business relationship, even though it becomes frequently much more intensely personal than that. I'm even taking off my jacket, you guys. The sun's so nice. Oh, it's lovely, lovely. <coughs> And then if the agent is thinking maybe you should get another agent and the the other way that they can mean that is, is I don't really want to represent you anymore. And if the agent is feeling that way about your work, it really doesn't matter how much you, I don't know, it's not like you're going to write a different book or, you know, all of these things you can correlate to a relationship, right? It doesn't matter if you start doing the dishes more often or, you know, whatever it is that you think will make your agent love you again, if they ever did, you know, because they might have just been taking a chance on you to begin with, or they might have thought, oh, I could sell this book and make some easy money. Whatever it is. Well, neighbor came back again, must have just been running to the store. Or you forgot something. That was an awfully quick trip. What was that? Like a couple minutes? Hmm. He must have forgotten something. We'll see. We'll see if he leaves again. 
So even though it's a scary thing to do, making that switch to a new agent is so often just the very best thing you can do. And you know, you guys, I ended up, I ended up talking to so many people about this and, and I do consult on this with the author coaching, right? I did not charge my friend because my friend has no money. <laughs> my friend, I think, has less money than I do, um, which is probably not good business sense for me. But I, what, what can you do? What can you do? You, you don't charge your friends, right? So every author that I have coached through this transition, the beginning with the, I feel like my agent's not right for me, my agent's not working for me, something's not going well here, um, to situations that are much more clear like this, where it's like, where the agent's like, maybe we should see other people. Um, <laughs> everyone who has divorced their agent has gone on to find a new agent and has sent me happy messages. And I should probably show those uh, to you guys somewhere, somehow. But, um, you know, a lot of it's so private that it's hard to advertise widely. But, um, you know, like one person messaged me just a few weeks ago saying, I don't know if you knew, but I did sign with this new agent and I just got off the phone with him. Oh, here comes the neighbor again. He did forget something. Okay. Well, I've got, you know, mystery solved there. Because, you know, we can't have people just running amok, doing short errands to the store. He's probably abashed now. Should I wave to him again? <laughs> oh, he doesn't even look over. Yep. <laughs> He's actually not a very friendly neighbor. I've never met him. Okay, anyway. Oh, hello, Tohi. <laughs> so, oh, the this other person, you know, had written and saying, you know, got off the phone with my agent and we made, went through all of my works in progress and completed works. And we made this plan for my career. And you are absolutely right that it was all the difference in the world, all the difference. And that, that's what a good agent will do for you. So that was, um, sort of an emergency thing yesterday, talking my friend out of their tree and, pointing that energy in a good direction and now they are going through lists of agents to query this particular agent is somebody who is an agent for a number of people number of writer friends and this agent has been around in the business for a very very long time and has some very high profile clients and so there's a cachet to having this agent that you know, frankly, it's hard to talk writers out of sometimes. When I point out that this agent isn't doing anything for their career, they'll say, yeah, but you know, I get attention when I say that my agent is Hoop-de-Doo's agent. And it's like, yeah, I get that. I totally get that. It's, it's cool. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't, you know, frankly, it, it does jack all for your career, you know, other than impressing people if that agent isn't actually out there selling your work, which in case this is not the first time I've heard of this agent, just like not taking action, not doing anything. What 
you know, it doesn't do any good for you if they're not they're not actually out there soliciting work. What happens a lot of times with these agents with very high profile clients who have mega careers is that people are coming to the agent all the time. They're always trying to pitch something to do with famous author stuff. You know, so it's like there's movie stuff and TV stuff and spin-off stuff and merchandising. And so people are constantly coming to them, which is a nice place to be. But if they have other clients that people are not coming to them about, that they would actually have to go out and hustle and sell, well, they're just not going to find time to do it. Because, you know, why Why should they? <laughs> you know, they should because it's their fucking job. But besides that, right? So, so that's my um, my agency rant, and I I did some financial stuff yesterday. David got his economic stimulus money, so that was nice. I paid for some things, and mine hasn't come yet. But at least we're not in the rafts of all the poor people having to wait for their paper check, which is going to take weeks because Trump has to have his name on it. First president in living history who will have his name on a check from the treasury. Uh, the man's ego is just repeatedly astounds. He thinks he's king, wants to be king. We know what happens to the man who would be king, right? Yeah, send him out on that rope bridge and chop the ends. So, uh, there's a movie reference for you. There is a movie reference for you, Kev, who I know will get it. Happy anniversary from way back when, when we were... Young, so young. <laughs> I was 16, 16 years old. Uh, good times. So I'm going to get to work on the book here. I might finish it in the next couple days. We shall see. Cross your fingers for me. And I'll remind you that first cup of coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network, where you will find other podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.